Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 28 of Points and Penalties. We're back. We want to remind you to please subscribe wherever you get your pods and give us a like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Points Penalties. My name is Josh, and with me are my co-hosts, Jesse and Kevin. Jesse, what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking another Nickel Brook special here. It is called the Wicked Awesome IPA. <laughs> Wicked awesome. Yeah. Wicked awesome. Uh, strong beer. Pretty tasty. 6.5. And I've had this multiple times. This is always a good beer to have. Kevin, what are you drinking? I'm just going to my go-to bush. As per usual. Boring. I know. Dirty old bush. Eh, it's not too bad. I, I like it. So, meh. Like drinking Ghost. water. What are you drinking? Tonight, I've got a local brewery right here out of Kitchener, Stockyards Brewing. It's called the uh, Iron Horse Trail India Pale Ale. It's a strong beer. Jesse got me this week, probably the first time in three or oh, four weeks. 6.3% for me. <laughs> yeah, it feels good to beat you by just that little tick. I think you've got, you had me a few times on yeah, just that, too. For so. sure. But yeah, this is good. Uh, I really like it. It's, um, you know, it's hoppy as usual. It's an IPA, but uh, it's pretty tasty. And I like that it's right out of Kitchener here. Well, guys, we're back. We took last week off. We were uh, we were out doing our annual camping trip. Had a hell of a lot of fun. Drank a lot of beer. Had a lot of our other party, uh, party favors as well. And... <laughs> Uh, it was good times. We had a big old washer toss tournament, which we'll get into a little later among uh, some other games, but uh, we got to get right into this because it's going to be a big show here. So Peter's away. So Jesse's going to start us off with some NHL news. Yeah. The guy that doesn't know anything about hockey is going to read here. Some of the big signings that happened. So in the free agent frenzy here, Dougie Hamilton was signed to the New Jersey devils for seven years at 63 million. So that's $9 million a year. Big signing there, boys. Uh, I tell you the truth, that seems a lot for NHL. Anyone want to <laughs> explain to me why he's so high? Well, I think it's what uh, Pete was saying last week about how uh, defensemen are demanding quite the uh, increase in pay with all the, the trades that happened past. There were you know, high-end players going both ways and bags of cash and picks and whatnot. So I, I think it's just because of uh, defensemen are a little bit more, uh, you know, in need right now. So their value is a little higher. So Dougie Hamilton's a hell of a player too, though. Yeah. He's pretty good. I he's mean, good. he is a real good defenseman and not the greatest team though. Well, he left a good team and got the money where, where he can. Right. So yeah. I got paid. Yep. And he's a good D and like, like, Pedro was saying, I mean, defensemen are now sitting there going, hey, we want money too. Well, another defenseman that got paid was Darnell Nurse. Extended by Edmonton Oilers, <clears throat> eight years for $74 million, 9.25 per year. So I guess that just includes what uh, Yosh was saying before about defensive players this year or, or defensemen are, are really getting paid and traded and they're worth a lot of stock right now. And the Oilers need this because they don't have the greatest defense to begin with. So, yeah, I think this is a good signing or re-signing. Uh, I watched extension. Yeah, extension. I, I watched Darnell in the uh, World Juniors, and he was really good then. 
and I've kind of kept tabs on him since, and he seems to keep growing and keep getting better as a player. So I don't mind this at all. Um, you know, he's going to be 35 when this is up this contract, but, uh, Hey, if he stays healthy, I think he can still play at a high level, even when he is 35. I concur. I agree. All right. Moving towards a forward here. Uh, Gabe Landeskog resigns with Colorado here. Minutes before free agency, he signs for $56 million for eight years, $7 million per year. Necessary, I think, for him, for these guys to have this guy. Oh, yeah, he's for sure their leader. Like, I know that uh, McKinnon is is up there as well in leading, but this guy is, without a doubt, a big-time leader. He's former Ranger, so I've, I've watched this kid for a while. And uh, it's kind of the same thing with Darnell Nurse. You kind of keep tabs on players you liked when you saw them in, in um, you know, the, the younger minors and whatnot. And yeah, prospects, yeah. you want to, you like to know how well they're doing. Exactly. And that's, that's the same with this guy. And I, I really like him. But this is a guy that I thought that uh, Seattle should have taken uh, or tried to, tried to re sign, but evidently in signing minutes before he became a free agent. So, but that would have been a real good guy for Seattle to look at. And that would have been a, a real big leader for them to start off that, uh, that franchise. Well, that franchise has a great defensive core right now. That's I all mean, they have. Yeah. And that, that's good. I mean, that's what you want to start off with, right? Get for your sure. decor first. And then moving on here, we got uh, Cal McCarr resigns with Colorado as well. Uh, 54 million deal for six years, 9 million per, per year. So I'm not sure who this guy is. This was this another guy like uh, one of the yep, rookies? Another defenseman, and he's a young player. Uh, I'm not sure if last year was his rookie year or the previous year was, uh, but he's a solid, solid player from what I've seen anyway. And uh, I don't mind this at all. It, it maybe is a little much money uh, in terms of, you know, he's not a Darnell Nurse just yet. He's not a Dougie Hamilton just yet. But to sign him now at at the $9 million a year as opposed to in a year or two, which it might be 10 or 12 million a year, which is really high, I think for hockey. <laughs> uh, so this is probably a pretty good signing here. I think he's going to be a young, good player for, uh, for a lot of years to come here. And he was a rookie this year. And I think he might've been the rookie of the year. I'm just checking just to make sure. I think, uh, yeah, I think yeah, he, he was, was the, call, the call their call their trophy winner. I just remember him from an, from an episode before, but I, 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 that was the only way that I remember him from because I don't watch a whole lot of hockey. <laughs> so obviously that rookie of the year is going to make him, that's what commanded that nine milli as opposed to maybe an eight, you know, if. Uh, right. And he's 22 years old. So he's got lots sure. of time. For sure. And when they're this young, that's when you want to sign them. Ovechkin resigns to uh, 47.5 million for five years. So it's 9.5 million a year. It's still a lot of money though for a guy that's up there in age yeah but he hasn't slowed down when in terms of scoring goals and and every team needs a guy that can put in 30 plus goals so and to me i I think where else is he gonna sign that was you know where else like really well i i'm not surprised by the uh resigning but i'm it seems like a lot here still for a guy that's gonna be 35 or over 35 or what was it? Oh, the cat's the cap. Okay. But like he's, he's pretty old to begin with. So like five more years, he's probably played at that Yager age and he'll probably play pretty well up to then, but he's averaged 
or 33 plus goals each year to catch Gretzky, which is pretty good. But I, I still think father time's going to hit him hard. It could. He's still got a, he's still got a pretty good shot and everything like that, but there's, there's not a lot of speed anymore. No, but like I said, I mean, I think he's still the number one goal scorer and point getter on his team each year consistently. So, or if he's not the number one, he's right there. Number two type thing. So uh, how do you get rid of your captain and, and uh, your best player for the last, how long has he been around? Like 13 years or something. Same as, as Sid, right? So yeah, he's been around the same time as Sid. Oh, I'm not saying, no, no, I know. I'm saying it's a lot of money. Yeah. But Hey, I mean, sometimes you got to pay a bunch of money to an old man. And then yeah. sometimes maybe like the leaps, you can pay a little bit of money to a bunch of old men. And then they do nothing <laughs> or not much. <laughs> uh, like I said, I don't mind this resigning at all. Yeah, maybe it's a little bit of money, but he'll get over it. <laughs> Where's Philip Deneau? He was from Montreal, right? Yes. So he went to LA, 33 milli over six years. Pete's got a note here that says he had had one goal and three assists in 22 playoff games this year. And then a yikes. (laughs) (laughs) So my guess is uh, that 33 million for a goal and, or, you know, for four points in the playoffs is, uh, is not great. I I don't see that being great either. I mean, yikes is right. Pedro sounds like he should play for the Leafs. Uh, Well, I mean, if he got four points in seven games, like the Leafs only can play in the playoffs then maybe that's okay. But in 22 games, not so good. Oh, yeah, there's a handful of other signings, too. Blake Coleman, Jaden Schwartz, Jamie Alexiak. Who is whose sister? Or brother, sorry. Anyone? Anyone? Penny. Penny. Ding, ding. Penny from, from the Olympics. The swimmer. Yes. The swimmer. Which we'll, we'll discuss later. But, uh, Kev, get us, catch us up with the Leafs. I'll definitely try. I mean, Zach Hyman. Does leave and goes to Edmonton, thirty-eight point five million for seven years at five point five mil. Leafs and Oilers were not able to come to an agreement on some on a signed trade, so the rumor had it at uh, five mil for eight years with the Leafs. Well, the Leafs wanted second round pick. Oilers uh, offered sixth round. So yeah, they're not even fucking close there. No, no, and I don't blame them. I mean, Zach definitely deserves some money. Too bad he's gone, but he's going to a team that can actually do something, right? Uh, we got Freddie Anderson. I um, mean, are you are you insinuating that he has a better chance to win a cup with Edmonton than he did with Toronto? Oh fuck yeah! Huh. It's, really? It's usually all the time when they send great players to other teams and they do way better. Um, Dave Anderchuk left, went to uh, Tampa Bay, won a cup. Lanny McDonald left, went to Calgary, won a cup. You know, it just kind of happens with Toronto. They get rid of their greats and they go on to do better. But that's been the last 60 years. They haven't. <laughs> like, hey, well, anyone that leaves the Leafs is going to might win a, has a better chance of winning a cup. Great. So good for Zach to do what he has to do to, you know, to finally look at a possible cup. Now, that would, He's so bitter about this this year. Now, with uh, Freddie Anderson, I did kind of call this in regards to goalie goalie. Uh, he went to Carolina, nine mil for four and a half, for 4.5 million for two years. And uh, the Leafs signed um, Carolina's uh, goalie, Morazic, 
which I, I kind of threw out there at work, you know, that this, this thing's going to happen. It's not going to be a big, uh, a big thing for Freddie. It's going to be goalie goalie, which happened. Uh, Nick Foligno, ugh. Yeah, 7.6 mil, 3.8 million for two years. And then we have some new Leafs going on here. We have Peter, Peter Morazic, Nick Ritchie, David Kumpf, Michael Bunnington, and um, Andrej Case. <laughs> so they're all, they're all our newbies uh, coming into the league. I mean, Pedro has numbers beside it, but I think that's, you know, if they're newbies, let them be newbies. I don't think the big numbers of uh, like Peter Morazic, 11.4 mil, 3.8 million for three years. Yeah, that's the big have, one there, right? The other ones right. are less than two and a half million each. I don't think those are big, uh, big hits on the cap and whatnot. No, not at all. And none of these guys are going to be you know, the answer, maybe Morazic, but the rest yeah. are, uh, are raw role players and, and uh, fill in type guys. So as far as I know. Right. I mean, yeah. Fill in guys is basically it just to kind of do something that they're not going to do this year anyways. All right. So there was a handful of trades uh, going on here so far in this off season. Kind of want to just touch on one where, uh, Mark on Andre Fleury kind of got a shaft of a deal here or a shaft of a find out. So the Vegas Golden Knights trade him to Chicago for Michael Hakkararen. That's close. I like it. It's close. (laughs) Have you guys ever heard of him? Mm, Can't say I have. No, I don't think anybody else has either. So it seems like uh, Vegas is just getting rid of uh, the flowers contract but this guy just won the Vesna. So, you know, I it just, and I don't, I'm not a big fan of their other, their other goalie. I can't remember his name offhand, but uh, I'm just not a big fan of Vegas's other goalie. I would have preferred to have flowers in there, but it uh, seems like they're just getting rid of this contract. And the worst part of the whole thing is, is that Andre Fleury found out via Twitter. And I think that is the most unprofessional thing in any in any event you shouldn't be finding out anything about your work situation on twitter no matter if you're a goalie a fucking basketball player or a fucking dishwasher in a restaurant you know you shouldn't find out on twitter (laughs) not one bit i i i was shocked when i heard about this i mean the guy formed his family to be in vegas and wants to stay there uh me personally I, i wouldn't be surprised if he actually retires well, he had mentioned that, and then I read into it a little more, and he was just kind of just venting a little, I guess. He wasn't really look, like really looking to, to retire, especially after having a hell of a season winning the Vezina. So I, I suppose it's possible, but, you know, Chicago is an older team, but that, that's still a lot, a lot of talent there. They maybe not have a lot, as much speed as they used to, but, uh, you know, a team with uh, Taves and, and Kane on, it's still uh, pretty good in my books, so... I don't think this is uh, is horrible. I just think the way that he found out is horrible. And hey, if Vegas is just trying to dump a contract for nothing, then then that's uh, you know good for Chicago, I guess. Really, give up nothing and get a get a pretty damn good player, right? Uh, so then Tampa and Chicago made a trade. So Chicago loading up here. They traded. 
for Tyler Johnson and a second round pick for Brent Seabrook, who, as we know, is a great defenseman or was a great defenseman, at least maybe father time is catching up to him a little bit here. Um, but uh, Tampa is expected to pull another cheat move like they did earlier by putting uh, Kucherov on LTIR all friggin' year and then comes back in the playoffs going over the salary cap. It seems to me this might be a situation like that with Brent Seabrook. So there Tampa is expected to put Seabrook on the LTIR and I would not be surprised if he's all, all of a sudden magically good to go for the playoffs. Come playoffs. Yep. Well, it'd be nice and fresh. Yo, for sure. And again, he's, he's a bit older, so fresh legs at that age, at that time of year is a good thing. And uh, last one we got here for trades is Brendan Dillon. He's traded to the Jets for two second round picks. Can't say too much on that one because uh, I'm not even sure who this guy is. This is why we need Peter. <laughs> here, here. <clears throat> I guess if we uh, maybe did a little bit more preparation work instead of our own, just focusing our, on our own sports, <laughs> we might've been a little better, but next time we'll get them next time. Sorry, Pedro. All right. And lastly here in the NHL, Pierre-Luc Dubois is apparently going to change his number to number 80 in memory of the former teammate, Matthias Kevlinkix, who died in a firework accident earlier this year. I think this is a great, uh, a great thing to do to show, uh, you know, to show the memory and to to show respect for uh, for his former teammate who uh, who died in this crazy accident. So, uh, I like this. Uh, I like this move. Um, hopefully the uh, hopefully the league allows it. I can't see them not, but I have seen crazier things. So, yeah, that's the goaltender, right? That's correct. Yeah. Why wouldn't they allow it? Um, just maybe if he was passed, like it's still early, I guess, in the NHL season, but maybe there's past a certain uh, time frame when you can't change your number or what have you. I, I, I heard about that in basketball. There's uh, there was a few guys that wanted to change their number and they said that you can't because you had told us after the deadline to change your number type thing. So yeah, it happened to Jordan happened. To, that's why he wore 45. And then he said, screw you guys. And he wore 23 for the longest time. He got fined, I think $10,000 or something like that. Every time yeah, he but wore the offseason, I'm sure they still can sell jerseys and stuff like that. So they should be, shouldn't, shouldn't be any issue. Yeah. It shouldn't be a problem. No. All right. So that's it about, uh, for NHL. Sorry if it wasn't too informative other than just spewing out a bunch of numbers for y'all, but, uh, our, our hockey gear is, uh, is MIA today. Something about an anniversary or something. I don't know. They get his priorities straight. <laughs> what a loser. <laughs> All right, guys, let's. Uh, he's doing the right thing. Yeah. Let's jump into the NBA here. Free agent frenzy part two. Off season for both the NHL and the NBA. So, of course, uh, this stuff is going to be fairly prevalent for a while now. So we just heard today, Kevin Durant is extending with the Nets for four years, $198 million. Insane amount of money. Yes, please. Yes, please. He's worth it. For sure he is. For sure he is. Uh, next up, Kawhi Leonard has said that he's going to stay in LA and they he's ex- expected to extend with the Clippers, uh, but so far there are no details, but uh, it'll be big. It'll be just like this uh, KD, somewhere in that range. Uh, the next guy is Jimmy Butler extended with the heat for four years, 184 million. So I would imagine Kawhi is right in between those two for dollars. 
Um, but that's a big thing there. Maybe like his stardom is for sure, but he got, he has to stay healthy. Yeah, he does, but I think they'll pay him. I think they'll pay him. Boardman will get paid. Well, well, probably he wants to stay there too. So he might even take like, he could take a bit of a hometown discount. Who knows? Yeah. Especially Butler's if they want to wanna... be happy. Sorry guys. Yeah, no, Butler will be happy with extending with the heat there. Absolutely. Uh, especially with bringing on a, an old buddy, which we'll talk about in just a second here. Uh, but Jimmy Butler, four years, 184 million. That's, that's a bunch of cash for him. He's a pretty solid player. So that's uh, no issues with that. I, I like Jimmy Butler and I wish I had the $184 million. <laughs> Chris Paul ends up re-signing with the Suns. And I kind of, I, I saw this one happening uh, with the good run in the playoffs, making it to the finals. Um, sure, they kind of got reverse swept there, but. Uh, Dominating the playoffs too. So he, yeah. he parlayed that into a great deal. Yeah, for sure. Lots of money. He's uh, he's getting up there in age, four years, 120 yep. million. But I still think with his game, he can still play at a high <laughs> level for, for a few more years still. Yeah, but never win one. He'll be one of the greats to never get there. I mean, I hope you're wrong, Kev. I hope you're wrong. I, I think he's a great player and he deserves to win one. He, uh, he he just didn't have it this time around, you know. I think Giannis just took over. That's what happened. Well, yeah, he was he was a fun he still player. played pretty good in that finals. He just Giannis just went unworldly. Yeah, he was possessed for sure. He wanted that. Uh, he wanted that trophy. And then. Big one here for Toronto. Well, I'm not going to get into it too much because it has lots to do with Toronto, but not lots to do with Toronto. Kyle Lowry signs with the Miami Heat, joining Jim, Jimmy Butler, three years, $90 million on a sign-in trade, which probably in the long run was better that he did that uh, for us as opposed to getting traded last year. I think that he would command more uh, value now. Um Although it's weird, it's weird how it is like at uh, the deadlines, like you can see, I think it's only in hockey where you'll give up a lot more at the deadline, but like same thing in NFL and, and NBA, like they, you don't make, give up much stuff, but when it comes to the off season, you get a lot more back right? when you, when you try and trade guys. So exactly. I agree with you on this. This, is, this was a better deal to sign them and then trade them. Right. So we'll get into a little bit more of Kyle in just a moment here. Uh, there's a few other big signings. Mike Conley re-signs with the Jazz three years, 74 million. John Collins re-signs with the Hawks five years, 125 million. And then a couple guys that uh, were former Raptors, DeMar DeRozan. He signs with the Chicago Bulls three years, 85 million on a sign-in trade. And then Norman Powell re-signing with the Trailblazers, who was just traded to last year, five years, 90 million. I like both of those moves by both of those teams. I, DeMar is still a high-end player. And he's going to make the Bulls a lot better. Uh, and Norman Powell, I've always loved. He's a hardworking guy. He's, uh, you know, if you go with a hockey term, he's one of those grinders, you know. He's he's in the corners and he's he's not playing dirty, but he's playing tough. He's that pest. He's that pest that sit there won't get off your back. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, he's good defensively too. Yep, so. absolutely. And then uh, the last kind of big one here. Uh, Lonzo Ball signs with the Bulls as well. So again, this is really going to help out Chicago. Four years, eighty-five million, and this is on a yet another sign-in trade. 
And a few other notables. We had Evan Fournier, who is the uh, Olympic silver medalist in basketball. He signs with the Knicks. Kemba Walker signs with the Knicks for a year. And then just fresh off his championship win, PJ Tucker signs with the Miami Heat two years, 15 million. So adding that defensive presence uh, with the Heat and Kyle and Jimmy Butler, Tyler Harrell, that's a. they're looking pretty good over there in Miami. And I, I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with uh, come next season. So should we call it now? Miami wins the, uh, the trophy. I mean, I, uh, still, there's still a whole, whole off season. I'll still. call it now. Wow. You should, put, you should make a fucking sports bet on that, man. Right. If you next, do it now, it'll be crazy money back next year. He, <laughs> And last guy that uh, I think is pretty funny here. There's no details on his signing or on, on his deal, but Carmelo Anthony signs with the Lakers and gets to play with LeBron, try to maybe get a championship. And they were drafted one, two uh, in their draft year. So how many old guys does the Lakers have on their team? now? A lot. Man, a lot. A lot. <laughs> I actually a saw lot. a meme where it had the entire team and they were all like long beards, gray hair, it was pretty funny. It got to be like the oldest team in the league. They very <laughs> like well could average be. kind of thing like that. I would think at least, but yeah, man, I I don't even remember Carmelo Anthony playing last year. Did he play or? Yep, played in Portland. Yeah. Portland, Jesus, yeah, that's what, I didn't even hear about him. That's why you didn't notice him because he, he was in Portland <laughs> and nobody notices anything in Portland. Lillard's there. I know, but Lillard doesn't get the recognition that he should because he's in Portland. If that guy was in New York or... Oh, my God, right? Yeah, he'd be huge. All right, so there was a handful of trades going on here. Same deal with the the NHL. So we're just going to hit up one big one, five-team trade involving the Lakers, the Nets, the Pacers, the Spurs, and the Wizards. So a big name, the Lakers get Mr. Triple Double, Russell Westbrook, and three second round picks. The Nets get draft rights to Nikola Mulatinov, who is the number 26 overall pick in 2015, as well as two second round picks. The Pacers get draft rights to Isaiah Jackson, who is the number 22 pick in this past year uh, draft. The Spurs get Chandler Hutchison. And the Wizards get Contavious Caldwell Pope, Spencer Dinwiddie, Montrezl Harrell, Aaron Holiday, Kyle Kuzma, and draft rights to Isaiah Todd, who is the number 31 pick in this year's draft, and a big old duffel bag full of cash. Always like those duffel bags, right? Hell yeah. This is I, I like this trade, especially for the Wizards. Like, obviously, it's good for the Lakers to get Russell Westbrook to add to uh, to the old man LeBron and all those other old guys, as we just said. But Contavious Cole, Pope, Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, Montrezl Harrell, these guys, Kyle Kuzma, these guys are good players, and they're not old. So, so for the Wizards, this is going to give them a whole new core. And I, I think they did pretty good here, uh, moving out Westbrook and, and rebuilding here. The Lakers still got three second-round picks, which is not too shabby. But Yeah, so it's, I think still it's, the, it's still the NBA, and second-round picks are right. so it's tw- not worth that much. 22, 23, and 26, I believe, are the picks. Also, they're late-round picks, too. So... Or like, well, second, no, no. So second round picks, but in those years, 22, oh, 2023 okay. or 2026. I, it's okay. either 2026 or 2028, but I, either way. And, you know, I mean, the Spurs didn't get much, but they were just part of it, probably giving up, a, you know, a pick here or there that, you know, there's not a, 
not everybody can can make out like bandits in a five team trade. So it's wild. That's the biggest trade I've ever seen. Yeah, for sure. And so there was a few others. Like I said, uh, some players include Eric Paschal, Grayson Allen, DeLon Wright, ex-Raptor, Tristan Thompson, Canadian, Wes Iwundu, and Steven Adams. Uh, Steven Adams was actually, there was talk about the Raptors getting him, but uh, that evidently did not happen because I'd be talking about him in our Raptor report, and I'm not. So, speaking of. Speaking of the Raptors. (laughs) (laughs) They have re-signed Gary Trent Jr. to a three-year $54 million deal. I've got z- yeah. yeah zero problem with this. He was a great player for us down the stretch, even though they were tanking and he showed some real promise. And, uh, you know, I wasn't sold on this trade originally for norm, but I do. I like it. It's, it's come, it's come it's our way. On you. Yeah. And not that norm is bad or anything. I just, I really like Gary Trent. He's, he's a really good solid player. And I think this is going to be good for Toronto. They also re-signed Kem Birch, big man, three years, $20 million. I'm not sure if he's going to end up being the starter. He may at that price point for now. Uh, We shall see. But again, this isn't a bad, this isn't a bad uh, signing in my opinion at all. If he's not the center, I would assume Boucher will be, will be the starting center, but he's not quite the, he's not big enough in my opinion to, to be a solid long-term. You already said, you already said that that he you don't think that he can he you like him as a bench guy mm-hmm. instead of starting exactly whereas i'm i want him starting i uh, i think i want him on the on the court as much as possible if if he can be and he can if he can play that center role and not get pushed around then great i just feel like he's going to get pushed around he, if you look at i don't know if you guys watched oh the, yeah he's a skinny motherfucker yeah he's yeah but he's still he's he's he's, he's good so and that that's what I'm looking for for a starter. <laughs> Fair enough. <clears throat> uh, so apparently Sam Decker signs a deal. There are no details. And I tried to look into this guy a bit, and it was pretty tough to find some info. <laughs> so I'm not really sure who he is. But yeah, it is what it is. Can't uh, can't find info on everybody, you know. Unless you Google yourself, then you can get get dirt on you. Right, Kev? Right. Oh <laughs> my bad. No. What are you talking about? What? <laughs> what? So the Raps have also signed draft pick Scotty Barnes on a rookie scale deal. Uh, he actually played in his first summer league game and so far so good. He was hitting buckets, playing some pretty good defense. Saw a little couple videos there. He looked uh, pretty good within the summer league. So that. Uh, How do you guys feel about that? Them getting Scotty Barnes and not Suggs. I pr- would have preferred Suggs, but I trust. The same way. I trust Masai and, and the, uh, the upper brass. So hopefully, uh, hopefully this turns out to be better than Suggs. But Suggs, I think, was from what we saw in March Madness. I think he was the better, more talented player. Yeah, he was game day ready. Right. Uh, but I'm with you. I, I I'll trust in them. Like I'm gonna get behind this player, but I wanted Suggs for sure. And then quickly here, uh, Rodney Hood. He leaves for the he leaves the Raptors for the Bucks on a one year deal. DeAndre Bembry leaves Raptors for the uh, for the Nets on a one year deal. Yeah, so DeAndre Bembry uh, leaves the Raptors. I I'm not shocked about this and good riddance. Like he was he was not that hot stuff for anyways. Just a bench player. So yeah, I agree. I mean, he was all right, but it's not what we want to 
keep going with moving forward. You know, want to try and change it up. And I shouldn't say good riddance, but like, I'm just like, it's like a meh. Like, he's gone. It doesn't change how I feel. If we're going to be, I think we might actually be better now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to see as the season rolls on, but just going to put some uh, good car- karma into this year. Yeah. They also uh, waved. Um, oh, shit. I knew I was going to do this as soon as I started talking about him. Aaron Baines. So, and again, that's another see you later. Yeah. Uh, he was, yeah. uh, I was not happy with that uh, signing to begin with. And every time he was on the floor, I was like, what a waste of floor space. <laughs> like, I know <laughs> I would have given that space to Bembry over, over Baines, but uh, which I believe ended up happening in the long run, but. Hey, it is what it is. Like I said, hopefully we get rid of some of this dead weight and uh, and add some some solid players that can help us out. Like he was he was young enough, uh, Bembry, but uh, I don't know. I want like brand new young. Like just get some guy some minutes that's like right fresh, like Scotty Barnes. Like Scotty Barnes. Okay, guys, big big news that we just just touched on it earlier. Kyle Lowry, big sign and trade with the Heat. Raptors get Goran Dragic, who's a 35-year-old veteran, puts in uh, averages 13.9 points, 4.8 assists, and 3.1 boards per game. And 21-year-old Precious Ichiawa, who was the 20th pick in 2020, 6'9", 235 pounds. In 61 games in his rookie season, he averaged 5 points, 3.4 boards, 12.2 12.2 minutes. So there's another one of those young guys that you want to see. Exactly. And he's like doing the same thing that Bembry was doing. So yeah, uh, I like this. Uh, uh, go around. I could care less about he's, he's old and meh. Well, bench player, I guess. And Drogic is basically going to fill Lowry's shoes, but reverse it with Van Vliet, right? Like Van Vliet will be the starter. Now you'll have yep. Drogic as, as the backup guard and, you know, and then precious will likely, I mean, he's probably going to start off on the bench and come in, but uh, yeah, he's going to fill the role that Benbury was in. Exactly. So, but I, I do like this uh, this pickup of of Precious. I, I like it. I'm not, not sure if I'm 100 sold on the name, but hey, Precious. <laughs> so is Kyle Lowry still uh, the best Raptor, even though he didn't get all the points? Yeah, 100, man. Greatest Raptor of all time. I, I was going to ask you guys if if you've changed your minds at all about this obviously i know where pete stands because we're uh, we're on the same page but you guys i believe you both said uh air canada air canada yeah air canada and so are you still on air canada or have you switch your uh change your mind i'm still i'm still on air canada with uh watching larry win uh you know championship we were there we were watching it at the bar i think we were yeah we were that was electric um I mean, I, I kind of hit a couple heartstrings to see him leave, but Air Canada is still the man. Yeah, all right. I am secretly going to be cheering for the Heat this year. I wish he went to a Western team so it was easier to cheer for. But, <laughs> uh, but I'll definitely be cheering for for the Heat and for for Kyle this year. If if the Raps can't win, I'd like to see him win uh, in Miami. That would be pretty sweet. Well, I said call it. I'm calling it this year. Like right now, I'll call it Heat win it. All right, Heat in 2020, or 2022, sorry. 
<laughs> All right, guys. So then one more portion of the Raptor report. Front office signing. I saw your jury has reportedly signed a new deal to become the vice chairman and president of the Raptors. Insiders say it's a multi-year deal of up to about five years and worth between 12 and 15 million per year. That's uh, that's pretty damn good price tag for, for the upper brass. Apparently uh, this will put him in the upper echelon of, of price tags for front office guys. And there was also talk uh, that I heard that it's possible that there might be this contract might have some, uh, some in on being a part owner of, uh, I guess it'd be MLSE. So now I'm not hundred percent sure on that. Uh, but Hey, if you get an opportunity to become a part owner in that, uh, in that company, I think you jump at it. <laughs> Even if the fucking Leafs lose, they make money. Right. So <laughs> <laughs> And I would assume the raps are pretty good that way too. Uh, we have pretty good following here uh, in Toronto. So well, it's Canada's team. Exactly. And that's the big thing, right? You got, you get the whole country rooting for one team. So for the most part, anyway, now it's good that we got Messiah back. Hopefully he can work some magic. Hopefully get us in the playoffs and we're going to be scrappy kind of thing like that with the same way that we were with the, waiting for the Jays to be good. I think that's what the next two years will be before we're actually it's the NBA. So there's more guy, more teams getting the playoffs, but I think we can get there with uh, a lot of this young talent. I hope so, man. I'm excited for, uh, for this coming season. It's still, you know, it's not that far away, really only a couple of months. So there's... I'm assuming, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming. So yeah, sorry, Jess. Yeah. I'm assuming they're starting in October, like normal. Okay. Yeah. That sucks. Cause I kind of like the summer ball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would assume so, but I have not heard one one way or another whether they're pushing it back or not. I mean, the problem is if you keep you're gonna push it back, you're gonna have to keep pushing it back, keep pushing it back, or you're gonna, you know, piss the likes of LeBron off again, right? So he gets pissed off at everything though. Yeah, I know. That's why he's a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think they should start the season on Christmas Day, like they did this year. I mean, it definitely is cool to have more sports later on through the summer like we're we've just finished so now it's just baseball and we're at in august so and football's starting now so so like i and like why would you want to compete with football really because you're not gonna win that's true that's true so it's just it may for me it, it it's smarter from a business perspective i think you have to get the uh nba uh pa to sign off on that Oh, for sure you would. And yeah, it may be tough. Who knows? I mean, maybe they like playing better in the summer or do they like hanging out on their boats in Miami or LA in the summer, you know? Well, that's the thing too. They don't want to lose their summer is what I think it is. (laughs) For sure. Speaking of the summer, we got something that uh, happened during the summer coming up next. This week, our MVP for points and penalties is Team Canada. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the whole team, Canada, is our MVP this week. As Canada comes home with 24 medals this, this Olympics, 7 gold, 6 silver, and 11 bronze. 
Now, this is the most goals since the 1984 Los Angeles Summer Olympics. So that's pretty tight for us. It's actually the most uh, most medals that they have gotten in a non-boycotted yeah. Olympics yeah. of all time, yeah. which is awesome. But it's it's still it's still considered official the Los Angeles one. Yeah, but we also dominated then too. We got I think we got the most medals in that one too. So, but this one was pretty impressive. A few highlights that we have here: uh, DeGrasse dominates in athletics. Gets bronze in the 100 meter, gets bronze in the four by 100 relay, and gold in the 200 meter. Oh, yeah. Awesome. I don't know if you guys watched all those races, but I had a blast watching them. Yeah, man, I did. And like in that, uh, that bronze medal four by 100 meter relay was insane. Yeah. Like, like we were talking about it before, Jesse had said he from the corner. From the turn, he blew past everyone. He's like in seventh place to win the damn, or to sorry to to finish third. So pretty awesome. Yeah, it was it was quite impressive. Like they didn't have a good strong start in that one, and the second guy kind of didn't help us either. And the third guy actually ramped up a little bit to gain some speed. I don't remember the guy's name, but yeah. And then DeGrasse took over and flew by everybody. Yeah, I watched that one. That they had had one of the best times for the qualifiers in the heats too which was pretty impressive it's too bad they couldn't put that out in the finals but it is what it is and so that's six medals for degrasse in six different like in six events so every every event he's gone into he's won a medal that's right that's pretty crazy yeah he's he's impressive because he wasn't he i think he was like injured not too long ago too like a couple, like during the four-year, or I guess five-year stretch yeah. between uh, Rio and, and Tokyo. But he got injured and he came back and he, uh, to get that bronze is in the 100 is pretty impressive. Someone else who was pretty impressive was Warner, who got gold into the Cathalon, Damien Warner. And he sets, uh, is it an Olympic record? Yep. Because I thought. Um, actually, it may be an Olympic best, which would be his Olympic best. But I'm no, I'm sure it was an Olympic record. I think it might have been for Canada. Hmm. I mean, his own personal or Canadian record, right? I think I think it's for Canada because because he went over nine thousand points, and I believe there's only been four people that have ever done that. I was going to say three people. I think he's the fourth. Yeah, so that's crazy. And and I watched him and everything like that, and he was. I heard how he was training and stuff like that. He was training in like community for a hockey arena. And that's how he trained during COVID, which was pretty impressive. And he just, he was the front runner for, to begin with. And he never let go of that lead, which is super impressive and great that he was able to do this. Another big one was the women's soccer gold after two consecutive bronze finishes. And they finally beat the States, which also was Amazing to see in the semifinal. I was so sick of seeing them in the semifinal, but Hell we yeah. got them. Yep, Hell got them. Yeah. So, and I don't know if you guys were watching that game, but I know Kev was because he 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 was pretty ecstatic. I was in the lunchroom. <laughs> yeah, and I was in the lunchroom and just happened to be just before I had to go back to work. I mean, I punched back in and went back in the lunchroom, and here I am watching away, and I was not about to miss this, and. When they potted in that that goal kick, I was probably like, the, I must have scared. I don't know how many people, but me being me, as you guys know, I was I was screaming, yeah, 
you know, and clapping and yeah, it was awesome. It was pretty sweet, man. I can't remember the goalie's name for Canada, but she was dominating the penalty. Pardon? Stephanie Labe. Labe, yeah. And she had like a ton of attitude, like in the net. Like she would, she would like pull the ball out of the net and have the Swedish player come inside her box to come nice. pick up the ball and reset it. Like <laughs> just, just tons of attitude. And it was awesome to watch. I, I saw an interview with her afterwards, and she said there was no pressure on her. She said in a in penalty kicks, all the pressure is on the kicker. She's not supposed to make the saves, right? Like the mm-hmm. ball, the, the the goals are supposed to go in on PKs, and she made a couple saves and. That last one was amazing. Yeah, it was great. It was amazing. She stole like the momentum. Like, oh yeah, I believe the Canada scored first, and then I think it hit the crossbar or the post or something like that for the Swede. And then Canada ended up missing the next two, and Swedes got the next two, and then she started just making save after save. So, well off to her. And uh, Sinclair gets her gold finally. Yeah, which was great to see. She finally, I imagine now she'll probably retire, but at least she's finally got that gold one on her shelf. Right, right. And uh, did you guys see that penalty she drew, uh, She got in the box? No, I did not. She gave it to someone else to kick it, didn't she? No, yeah. Je- uh, Jesse Fleming is the better penalty kicker. She was the first one to take the penalty for Canada in, in penalties, but she also scored the goal then. But, yeah, it wasn't called originally, and they had to go to v- uh, VAR for it. Yeah. And then they called it. <clears throat> she was freaking out, which was, and it was, it was clean that the she dove at her ankles, or the defender dove, dove at Sinclair's ankles, and did not touch the ball. So Penny Alexiak, most decorated Canadian Olympian, seven total medals, and she ends up getting three here in these uh, Olympics in Tokyo: silver in the four by one hundred freestyle, bronze in the two hundred freestyle, and bronze in the four by one hundred medley which is pretty impressive for her. And as we said, she is the brother of Jamie Oleksiak in the NHL. Actually, I'd say that Jamie Oleksiak is the brother of Penny. <laughs> Penny's right. more famous now. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's true. For sure. Yeah, I love this. It's great. She was quite a surprise last year, or sorry, last Olympics in Rio, uh, getting those four medals and then to add these three and now becomes the most decorated Canadian Olympian, Olympian of all time is fucking crazy. And she's still young as hell. So she'll be back for sure for uh, Paris, which is uh, the next one. 2024. And who knows beyond that, but I expect her to win a few more. Put all the pressure on her. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I want to see 10 by uh, after Paris, 10 total. Okay, you know what? I'm in that too. I want to see that too. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Uh, just to touch on Damon, Damon Warner, it was an Olympic record. It was an Olympic record. Yep. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. And like you said, I said, I couldn't find uh, all the, the uh, athletes that got over 9,000 points, but it was it's definitely a rare feat in the decathlon to get over 9,000. So Michael Smith would have done it. No, I don't think so. He was a decathlete, but I don't think he put over 9,000 points. Maybe not in the Olympics. Maybe may, Maybe – but it's still like I thought. I thought I heard that they said they they had four four people get over the nine thousand marker, but nine thousand eighteen. Well done. He is the fourth decathlete to do it. It's saying he is the fourth one. Okay, so I was right about that, but I yep. didn't think it was the Olympic record. But and just to top it off here for Team Canada, uh, the women's 
are the ones that dominated getting the medals for us. So just congrats to them on that. Men need to pick it up a bit. Impressive. Team Canada, you are your MVP or our MVP. Get the young boys, girls. Cheers, cheers, guys, girls from Team Canada. Thanks for all the uh, all the medals. Awesome. So, does anybody have like a favorite moment of these uh, Olympics? I mean, all these moments that we touched on were great. My favorite, I think, was early uh, when Maggie McNeil uh, won her gold medal in this in the uh, swimming pool her reaction when she turned around and looked at the the board and saw her name and heard her name on the uh, on the pa her eyes lit up she her jaw dropped and for me that's what the olympics is all about is you know it's the surprise and it's like putting yourself all out there and even though you're not the favorite you come out and you do your hardest and you end up pulling out a win and so for me that was the my favorite moment just her utter surprise and reaction to to the moment it was awesome yeah, my note obviously was the women's soccer. I mean, for, for them to finally, as Jesse said, get through those USA and then uh, go on to face on, I think that the Swede, I mean, unreal, unbelievable match. I mean, that was the one that uh, got my blood flowing for. And like you guys said, good for, for the women's soccer team. They actually fall away and get that gold. Awesome. That was my favorite, I think, as regards to the whole Olympics. I'm going to say mine is uh, DeGrasse just because that's probably one of my, my favorite event in the summer Olympics is uh, the hundred meter, the 200, and then the four man relay. Yep. So I think that, and just watching him blow by people in the four by uh, 100 and, and then him capturing the gold and Donovan Bailey, I was watching it was saying he called it that DeGrasse is going to get it, which was awesome to hear because he was the last Canadian to be the fastest man for Canada. Yeah. And he was way better than Michael Johnson. Way faster. Yeah. Showed mm-hmm. him in the, showed him at the Rogers Center. Fucking right. No, no, it was, it was the Sky Dome, Dome back then. It was it was the Sky Dome. Dome. <laughs> yes. That's funny. Yeah, he's a chicken. He's a chicken. Let's That's do this race all over again. He's <laughs> yeah. a chicken. <laughs> oh, yeah, shit. it was fun. It was fun listening to him have all that confidence in the grass too. So for sure, yeah. Yeah. He's uh he's a very confident man. Okay, guys, let's slide into the MLB. Bunch of trades happening at the trade deadline, which was a couple days after our last episode was released. So I'm just going to, there was a bunch, a bunch, a bunch, but I'm just going to go over some of the big ones here and uh, just kind of get your input on, on some of these. So the Dodgers get right-hand pitcher, Max Scherzer and shortstop Trey Turner. The Nationals get Josiah Gray as a pitcher and three prospects, you know, depending on how these prospects turn out, this is a huge win for the Dodgers. Uh, obviously, that's going to push them likely into the upper echelon of the luxury tax, but they don't give a fuck because they get all kinds of money. And adding Scherzer to an already impressive pitching lineup and Trey Turner, I'm not sure. I haven't really looked into where they're what they're going to do with uh, between Trey, Trey Turner and Corey Seager uh, at shortstop oh, here. So, Trey Turner is going to be the starter. But does that push does that push Seager over to third base and Turner and uh, and Justin Turner out? I think or, yeah, I would do that. Or does maybe see her go over to short or sorry to second base then you know that it's, it's interesting who's playing second base for them i don't know who's on first <laughs> what's on third? oh gavin lux i think his name is uh yeah it could be lux if he's up and playing compl- uh, solid now like you know he's uh he was a rookie last year so uh the other guy could be chris taylor 
Oh yes, you're right. He's but he's a utility guy. I think he plays in the outfield too. Right. And then there's Max Muncy who can play, I believe, second as well. But he'll be he'll be a first baseman. But when Bellinger comes back, depends on what where they're going to do with Bellinger. He actually might be back now. Bellinger. He'll, he'll they'll probably put him in the outfield. Back in the outfield, yeah. So and then they still got Poolhos in there too, who's going to obviously now a bench guy. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's uh, the Dodgers have really stacked their, their lineup here. I have, you know, I mean, this is good for Peter because he chose the Dodgers to win, but they're, uh, they're fighting for, they're in a wild card spot right now. The Dodgers are. So, I mean, that's good. At least they're in the playoffs if it were to end today, but they, uh, they got to get a bit of their shit together too, because they should be, they should be top of that division or, you know, right there anyway. Yeah. But Josiah Gray, he's, I have him in our fantasy league and he actually had a pretty good outing this weekend i believe with getting 10 strikeouts nice so that was pretty solid he has a bit of issues with the home run but he's still a rookie he just he just started playing in the major leagues and and he uh, had an injury earlier on this season so he can throw hard he can strike people out i don't know how deep he's going to be able to go but on uh washington nationals he should be able to get lots of starts in now oh yeah so he had no room on that pitching staff in LA to get anything, but Max Scherzer still doing his what he can do, but he's still he's up there in age. Yep, he has a few bad outings, but most of the time he he he's dominating for sure. So next up, couple uh, trades for the team I picked to win the Yanks. So they get <laughs> thanks, Kev. Uh, they get first baseman Anthony Rizzo from the Cubs, and the Cubs get outfielder Kel- Kevin Alcantara and right-hand pitcher Alexander Vizcano. I mean, adding Rizzo is a great thing for the Yanks. He's a great player. Uh, he actually is just on the COVID protocol list. He just went uh, he went down with, with the old vid, as Kev would say. But uh, I'm sure he'll get back and, and get his shit together. He's a, he's a great player. I really like Anthony Rizzo. Where does that put Luke Volt? Voigt? I mean, right now, well, is uh, well, Rizzo's on the vid list playing, but I guess, yeah, but after... like, I'm looking down the road, like he's not yeah. gonna the vid forever. No, obviously. So, yeah, I'm not sure uh, where that uh, that ends. Voigt. I mean, obviously, there's a DH spot, but then you also talk about Giancarlo Stanton. Uh, you could say the Stanton could go in the outfield, but the next guy I'm going to talk about is going to take up an outfield spot too. So it looks like they're kind of just loading up here for the playoffs or they're going to try and make a push for it and they'll probably just deal with these extra guys later on and hey if you don't like fucking sitting on the bench for the yanks too fucking bad is what they're gonna say right whether it be rizzo if he's shit in the bed or Voigt or stanton whoever right yeah Voigt's been hurt this year and he's been playing pretty bad so that's probably why they went gun rizzo so the next guy the yankees went on got was outfielder joey gallo he was in the home run derby I think we all had him to go into the finals and he got bounced in the first round, but he's still a, for the winner. Yeah. He's still a great player. And this is a good pickup. Uh, they trade away four prospects to the Rangers. And again, you know, time will tell on who wins this trade. Uh, my guess is if, if the Rangers, if two of those prospects, you know, come to fruition, then the, then the Rangers probably win that trade, but it's a, it's a now for later uh, type trade, right? Just same, same with the Rizzo thing. They want to want a guy that can play now and we'll give you guys that can play later. Yeah. Gallo's tough to, tough to watch. Sometimes he's just constantly striking out and then other times he's hitting bombs. So he's for sure. But once he gets that hot streak, he, you had to pitch around him pretty much. 
Yeah, absolutely. He does strike out a lot and has no average whatsoever. It's pretty much a home run or an out. Yep. He's pretty much like Katy Perry, hot and cold. <laughs> That's an old reference. Yeah, well, I'm old, so. <laughs> okay. Not a Kevin old, but I'm old. <laughs> All right, next up, the Oakland A's get outfielder Starling Marte. And the Marlins get back right-hand pitcher Jesus Lizardo. This is a this is a pretty cool pretty cool trade for both sides. Marte is a guy that the great outfielder hits lots of home runs, hits for average, great great guy. And the Marlins get uh, Lizardo, who is a young, really talented pitcher. Can't get out, stay off the IL. That is true. That is true. If uh, if he could stay a little bit healthier, he could obviously be better. But that's not the case right now. Um, again, this is more of a, I need a guy now, you need a guy, you know, kind of now, kind of later. And obviously the Marlins aren't too hot. So they're looking to, uh, to bolster their lineup in future years, not this year. Uh, I don't mind this trade at all for either, either side. No, it's a good trade for both. And the Marlins have been showing that their guys in the minor leagues know how to get pitching out of their young guys. And he's still very young. And I think the Marlins are going to have one of the best, uh, pitching staffs in the next couple of years oh yeah for sure they're they're dominant there and especially in that ballpark is a big ballpark too so not a lot of home runs are going to be there so it it'll be interesting and like the marlins have been building this up for a long time but i want them to get together when they can feel the whole team instead of just their pitchers dominating Mm, for sure so another guy do you still have this guy on your team jess uh, jorge soler i do he's been actually doing pretty good lately finally so I traded for him a long time ago. He was garbage and then I dropped him and then he got hot. And I think that might've been the year you picked him up. Yep. And he wasn't that good last year and he was not good for most of this year, but now he's starting to do something. Starting to heat up again. So he goes to the Braves from the Royals and the Royals get right-handed pitcher Casey Kalich. Um, you know, this is Kalich is, is more of a younger guy. Uh, from my understanding and Soler is kind of middle-aged in terms of baseball and he's you know he's an outfielder and he's a kind of a home run guy I don't think he hits for too great of average no he's he's worse than Joey Gallo yeah he strikes out more and has a crappier average and so this is kind of more uh, just backup for the lack of outfield that the Braves have with uh, without Acuna and you know hopefully trying to you know, I mean, obviously, Soler is not going to be as good as Acuna either at the dish or out in the field. But if you can take up some of those ABs and uh, and hit a few home runs, then they're going to be a little further ahead. But I think they're uh, I think they're a little too far out of it right now. Yep, stupid Braves. <laughs> so the number one team in the league, the San Francisco Giants, they traded for infielder Chris Bryant from the Cubs. Cubs get right-hand pitcher Caleb Killian. And outfielder Alexander Canario. Chris Bryant is one of those guys where, you know, he's a great player, but he's kind of moody, you know, and it seems like he kind of gets a little, he's, he's real hot and he's good, but when he's, when he's in a slump, he gets bitchy. And, you know, to, to use one of Kev's terms, he's, he can be, can be kind of a cancer when he's on that, that slump. So hopefully being with San Francisco, they're playing very well. Hopefully, if he does get into a slump, but because they're still playing good, he uh, he won't get all pissy, and he could actually you know continue to live up to that potential. Because the first few years when he was with Chicago, he was phenomenal. I mean, 
I'm not, I don't know about his moody moods or whatever, but he's still a pretty good player. Played multiple positions out in the outfield and mm-hmm. and in the infield. I think he plays third base mainly in the infield, but yeah, he he uh, he's a utility guy, decent average, uh, decent hitter just to begin with. But I know he has had a bit of an injury bug here and there too. So it's just adding to the uh, a team that's already really really good, which they need to stay with the Dodger in the same division because the Dodgers are just loading up on guys. Yeah, And then the Cubs continue their fire sale. They've traded infielder Javier Baez and right-hand pitcher Trevor Williams to the Mets. And then the Cubs in return get Pete Crow, Pete Crow Armstrong. You know, obviously the Cubs have uh, tossed the towel in for this year and probably for the next couple of years with losing those three, those are their three best players right there. Yep. Baez, Baez, Brian and Rizzo. So uh, not not a whole lot to look forward to in uh, in Cubby Land for the next couple of years here after after trading away these guys. But you assume that these uh, these young guys and these prospects that they're traded for are hopefully you know for uh, for Cubbies fans hopefully they uh, they turn out in the next you know three or four years these guys could be a solid team again. Have you heard of this Pete Crow Armstrong before? I have not. Either have I. I th- I feel like. If you if you're trading Javier Baez away, you need to get someone better, someone that. Yeah, no, I didn't. Maybe we, maybe we don't know anything then, but. <laughs> yeah, I didn't toss in any picks and any bags of cash in any of these, and I'm sure there are some, uh, just about each one, just because the picks they're, by the time you get to a, you know, the fifth round in the in the bigs, it's it's usually a no name guy, and then he kind of maybe just happens to show up, right? So that's why I didn't toss any of these, uh, any draft picks and whatnot within these, all these trades. So I'm, I'm pretty sure not all of these were just player for players. So there'll be bags of cash and some, some low end picks. Nothing would have been, if it was a first round pick, it, I definitely would have had it in here. So nothing, no crazy picks here. So, and then we got two trades involving the Sox. One, the White Sox get Craig Crimble, Craig Kimbrell, excuse me, again from the Cubbies and the, the Cubs get second baseman Nick Madrigal, who again I believe is on your team, Jess. Yep. And right hand pitcher Cody Hewer. And again, a couple of young guys. And that's what the Cubs are looking for. And the Sox get a, a great bullpen guy. Great bullpen guy. Yeah, he's been probably the best this year for uh, closing out games. It's up there. Liam Hendricks is uh might be might be knocking at number one's door there too, but but uh Kimbrell's always been good. So well. He's been hot and cold, but this year he's been pretty dominant. Like he wasn't so good the last couple of years, but this year he's been really dominant, I believe. And uh, Cubs get Nick Madrigal, who is out for the season, so coming back. Um, you know, he's a he's an average guy. He's the guy that hits at the top of your lineup. Gets a bunch of has a decent average, but he will not hit home runs. But he's a solid guy, good defensively. I don't know the other guy, Cody Hewer. And then the other Sox, seeing the Red Sox get outfielder Kyle Schwarber, who's been hitting bombs all year. And the Nationals get right-hand pitcher Aldo Ramirez. And again, it's one of those, I need I need hitting and I need a pitcher later. So Aldo Ramirez is another young guy for the Nationals. The Nationals have, uh, you know, they kind of dropped off as well. So by getting them, by getting rid of Scherzer, Turner, and now Schwarber, some of their top-end guys, uh, excluding uh, Juan Soto, who I heard was untouchable, but everybody else at the deadline was available for the right price. And obviously a couple of these big name teams got some of their big name players. So 
Yep, stupid Red Sox got a decent guy that's been on a hot streak right now too. So mm-hmm. he's another guy that's hot and cold. I find, but for sure he is. Yep, hundred percent. So it's they're they're betting that he gets hot at the end of the year. All right, so the Blue Jays. I haven't talked about any of the Blue Jays trades, so there's a few here. So the Jays make a trade with the Arizona D-backs. The Jays get right-hand pitcher, bullpen guy, Joaquin Soria. And the D-backs get two players to be named later. Soria has already landed on the IL. He's old as fuck. He is on my fantasy team. What else is new for the Jays getting a fucking closer and they, he's on the IL right away? Exactly, exactly. So, you know, this guy is just a... He's just a, a role filler at this point. Maybe, uh, you know, help along some of, you know, these other guys, the younger guys and whatnot. But, you know, he's not going to be around here long term. That's for sure. He's fairly old, I believe, too, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, he might be just this year. Right. And it very well could be. I'm not sure what his contract status is. But, like I said, I, I don't see him being around for <laughs> if it's if it's for more than this year, it'll just be one year, I would think. But even then, I, I don't know especially because who knows what they're going to do because of Kirby Yates. You know, you know, you've got Soria now, you've got Yates, and then the next guy. Yeah, but Yates is um, a free agent, I believe, at the is end he? of the season. Okay. Which sucks. So we, that, that move was yeah, useless. We, 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 we paid – it was like – it wasn't a big contract. We already knew his injury history and stuff like that. So it wasn't yeah. – like it was a lot, a lot of money lost, but he didn't fucking pitch at all. Mm-hmm. It just It just sucks that the Jays keep getting relievers and they just keep – Ended up on the IL. Yeah. So another reliever, they got left-hand pitcher Brad Hand, and they traded or got him from the Nationals, and the Nats get catcher Riley Adams from the Jays. Again, this is another guy who in past years has been a closer, and so it's I, I was a little shocked to see that they both they they both traded for Hand and Soria, but uh, I guess with you know these older guys and the way that the Jays bullpen has been going and the pitching staff in general with the injuries. Uh, maybe they're just looking for a little bit of extra backup guys. So, I mean, yeah, but I was really excited for Riley Adams. I'm not, I kind of wanted him to stay in our, like, I know we have Kirk, but I think Riley Adams would have been maybe not, maybe better, maybe not, but at least we don't know how the health of Kirk, like you said before, you called it at the beginning of the year. Like you don't like how he sets up and it's bad on his knees and he's a big guy as it is. Right. So we don't know if his health is going to, hold out whereas riley adams is a little bit slimmer <laughs> for sure yeah you're completely right jess i agree with uh you know the whole thing on kirk there being you know i think he's going to be a great player but uh, i'm concerned about his long-term health and uh his long-term knees and i was uh, i was also excited about riley adams uh if you guys might remember i lost a challenge uh not too long ago because i thought austin martin played catcher this is the guy that i was getting a mixed up with was Riley Adams. But hey, it is what it is. I lost a challenge. Minus one. We don't have to worry about Austin Martin anymore either. No, exactly. So speaking of Austin Martin, he was just traded to the Twins along with right-hand pitcher Simeon Woods Richardson. And the Blue Jays from the Twins get right-hand pitcher Jose Barrios. Uh, I love this trade. Love it. I'm a little sad to see Austin Martin going. He was, he's a good player. But going to be kind of stuck in behind Bull Bichette. Probably not going to be able to get too much playing time at shortstop. And as we know, the Jays have a plethora of outfielders already. So to move this guy where you already have tons of depth and get a pretty much a, a guy that is going to be a number one, number two on your staff is great. I, I've liked this guy since his rookie year. 
and I, I thought this was a great trade. I was, we were actually camping when this came through and I was shocked that, uh, that they were actually able to go out and get, uh, in my opinion, uh, you know, a low end number one, high end number two type guy. Yeah. I think Jose Barrios is an ace. Yeah. Ace for sure. And I'm, I'm happy they got him. I was, I didn't really care that Austin Martin left. Tell you the truth. He doesn't have any power and like, you don't need a lot of power in uh, the Rogers center, but you need some and he just doesn't have enough. And the only one that really sad is uh, Simeon Woods Richardson. But like I've been saying this whole time about the Jays and their prospect pitchers, they just can't seem to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alec Manoa, hopefully he, I know he's been injured a couple of times, but hopefully he, I think he fell down the stairs or something like that and hurt his ankle. And we still yet to see Nate Pearson. Yeah. So it's, uh, it sucks to see Simeon Woods Richardson because I was really hyped up on this guy. But again, I agree with you completely. Jose Barrios, I wanted him. I'm glad we got him. And I think I said that they were going to trade the farm for him. They only traded half the farm. Yeah, this is a this is a pretty good trade, really. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and like I said, he's an ace. I'm excited to watch him. Yeah, I definitely like this a lot. Um, uh, again, I, I agree, Jess. I'm really excited to watch him, and hopefully he can, uh, hopefully he can push. The Jays uh, up to to fighting for that wild card spot. They're they're getting closer, but it's still everyone else is running away too. Exactly, yeah. So teams are getting better, winning more games. You know, the Yankees adding all these guys is going to make them better. And so it's uh, it's still a tough, tight AL East. So so if we get into our Blue Jays update here, uh, so over the two weeks since we've been uh, been gone here, they were two and two versus Boston, three and zero. Oh, versus KC at the first series in Toronto in a bunch of time. Three and one versus Cleveland. And they just finished up a series against Boston again. And they were three and one versus Boston. So that's a hell of a good two weeks there. Yep. For sure. Definitely needed that. And uh it has they're still in fourth place in the East, seven games back of Tampa, but they are two and a half games back of wild card spot number two. It's doable. It's doable. It's very doable. They're 60 and 50 right now. There is, you know, 50 some odd games left, 60, 60 games left. Yeah, it's definitely doable. It's definitely doable. And with this, the, these additions, you know, the, the pitchers, all three of them, if they can stay healthy and pitch well, uh, they're definitely going to help us. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited for this last third of the season here and, and I hope that they can, uh, I hope they can pull something together. So, uh, so this upcoming week, they've got four against the angels and three against Seattle. That is a seven and all week. That's what they need. Seven and all week. Like these are beatable teams. You know, they probably won't go seven and all. If they go five and two, I'll be very happy, but they need to win these games against the angels and against the Mariners. Wow. I think we should go camping again because they had a dominant stretch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe we should. <laughs> I mean, we had a hell of a time, so why would we? It's win-win, right? Yeah, for sure. But yeah, this week, like you said, this week they need to show up, and hopefully, I know I've complained about Seattle a lot, but we need to win against these guys because they aren't as good as the record shows. Mm-hmm. And obviously they go the the same with the ace, but uh Otani's there. We gotta worry about him. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah, for sure. I wonder if Trout's gonna come back, like I mean, or when he'll be coming back, if it will be this year. 
I mean, not that that's really going to help them. Obviously, it'll help them, but well, they they won't likely won't be able to make the the playoffs any chance with even with him back. But yeah, they're eight games out right now, so yeah. it'd be tough. Mm-hmm. And they need pitching, so yeah, for sure. So last thing here on the Blue Jays is the uh, Vlad Triple Crown watch. So as of Saturday, August seventh, he was still first in RBIs with eighty five. He was still second in home runs with thirty four, only behind Otani, who has thirty seven. And he's dropped down an average a bit. He's now sitting in sixth, hitting 316. And Brantley's the number one guy with 329. That's going to be tough to catch him now. Yeah, 100%. You know, the average and the home runs are, you know, home runs maybe. You know, if Otani gets into a little bit of a slump. and uh, He is and, in one right now. Right. But so, but, but but so, so is Vlad. Vlad. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that average, that's uh, that 13 points is uh, is quite a bit to make up. And there's, you know, being six, there's five other guys ahead of him. So they got to all shit the bed in order for him to get up to that number one spot again. So it'll be, a, it's going to be a tough one for him to win the triple crown, but yep. it was, uh, it was fun watching while it lasted, I guess. But we'll also keep an eye on it for the next third of the season here, just in case. And finally guys for baseball to round it out, Shohei Otani, no news. Finally, no news, except We'll get to Kevin's penalty box, which involves him a little bit, but it's not crazy news like it normally is. It's pretty crazy. I mean, it's pretty crazy, but <laughs> it's not it's not record breaking, you know, nothing, nothing crazy uh, in that respect. But, you know, we're not going to talk about him for a whole lot here. Finally, for a week, I'm sure the listeners are sick and tired of hearing about him. But uh, hey, yeah. man, he made our penalty box. It's worth saying. <laughs> it's it's, it's <laughs> worth no worthy. For sure. Sometimes the showtime just has to do little things to make him big. There you go showtime all right so that's it for baseball let's uh let's get into the nfl jess i know you got a bunch of stuff you want to talk about yeah so our other local team for us at least in canada here is southern ontario is the bills yeah yeah they signed josh allen to a six-year contract extension now this contract extension makes him the second highest player highest paid player in the league behind Mahomes, and it'll lock him up through to 2028. That's awesome for the Bills. Yeah. His contract is, I, I don't have the final numbers, but the potential worth of $258 million, million and $150 million in guaranteed. That's a lot of money. An NFL record. That's awesome. And, I mean, he's a great player. Like, he, he he's worth this money for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, oh, yeah. He had one good season, though. This yeah. reminds me a lot of uh, the Jared Golf contract that was given. I would say one and a half good seasons. I agree with you, Yosh. Like, he really turned it on at the end of, uh, the, you know, obviously last year he was good, but the previous season he turned it on and we started seeing things that he could do. And then they those all came to fruition last season. And, you know, add a couple, you know, good receivers – this guy, I think he's going to be one of the top quarterbacks this year. No question about it. I mean, yeah, like the the Stefan Diggs uh, receiver definitely put him over the top, and he's been showing how good he actually was, and maybe Minnesota should have kept him, but mm-hmm. he didn't want to play in Minnesota. And the only reason I'm skeptical about this is because it's just one year, and I personally, I think it's one year. Like, I, like you said, he got hot near the end. Now he does have a two and two record in the playoffs, which is good. 
which is actually pretty good for me. And it's only he's going only into his fourth year. So they'll probably win the division and they'll be back there this year for sure. They, they'll be fighting for that first overall seed as well. I, I think so. I think it's going to be a Casey Buffalo show in the AFC this year. I would throw in the Ravens as well, but that's just me. It's a lot of money to give a guy. That that's all my issue, and he uh, his completion completion percentage has really gone up, mm-hmm. and that was the uh, the weary thing. Like he always had a big arm. He's a big player, and I I can't remember. I think he's like one of the, with Lamar Jackson, Cam Newton, and Josh Allen. He's one of the few quarterbacks that like runs for a bunch of yards and TDs. He's he's one he's in that. Uh, upper echelon for the running quarterback in the league. I think he's a great player. He's on my fantasy team. Love that. I can't wait to watch him do his uh, do his thing this year. It's funny how much that clouds everyone's judgment. Yeah, <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> he's a great fantasy player. I'll agree to that. But uh, well, I think he's gonna put up this. I don't see the reason why he won't put up the same numbers. I think you you might see a little bit of regression though. You might see a bit, yep. Because he was just so dominant last year. So we talked about Fred Warner as the highest paid linebacker, inside linebacker in the league. Well, that was just topped by Darius Leonard. It's a five-year year contract, $95.25 million extension. It includes $52.5 million in guaranteed money. And I believe this is the most for a guaranteed money for an inside linebacker. So yeah, he'll he'll be making, Leonard will be making $20 million per year over the next three years. And this guy's been... Probably one of the best linebackers in the league in every position. Now, he's played on a defense that was pretty good. It was really good, but he he's just that extra better. And like I, like I was talking last week, like Fred Warner might be the next Bobby Wagner. Leonard's definitely in that conversation for sure, being a, an all-pro in all three seasons and a, a first-team selections in 2018 and 2020. Yeah, he's a great player, and this is uh, this is well deserved money, and and he'll uh, he'll put up he'll put up numbers for for the Colts here, and that that defense is going to stay just as good as it was. And I mean, who knows about their offense? I heard they might even sign or trade for Nick Foles now. Wouldn't that be funny? Oh my God, that'd be hilarious! I never even heard <laughs> of that yet. Yeah, I heard that. I I thought, wow, that's for an injured Wentz again. Uh, would be uh, pretty intense. Yeah, and that. Uh, doesn't bowl well for my per hot take of him being better than Rivers because Rivers had a pretty good year last year and yep. <laughs> uh, stupid Wentz decides to get hurt again. And that's been his issue, man. He just can't stay on the field. He plays, he plays hard, but he just can't stay on the field. But uh, we're just, we're talking about Leonard here and, and I just want to go over a couple of stats for him. So as an inside linebacker, he has 15 sacks. So he's getting five uh, sacks per year and that's in a 16-game season, so obviously this is going to be a 17-game season this year, so those will probably go up. The main thing that's crazy about him, like the tackles for loss is good, is really good, actually. Uh, for He's got 26 for a career, but is the combined tackles that he has, he's got 416 in three years. Wow. So his 416 combined tackles is crazy, and it averages out to 138 per season. So, like, this guy is just always around the ball, a tremendous player. And well-deserved contract. For sure. I remember this guy was picked in our uh, fantasy draft, and I was like, who? And I, if I'm not mistaken, it was picked, like, right after me or something like that. 
And, you know, now I'm kicking myself in the ass because I probably picked some fucking schmo that didn't do fuck all for me. Meanwhile, I could have, if I was smart enough, could have had this guy. <laughs> but clearly I'm not smart enough. Yeah, he was, a, he was a great player. He was a player that I wanted the Rams to get coming out of the draft, but Rams don't draft line, inside linebackers. DJ Chark is a wide receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars who will probably be the top receiver for Trevor Lawrence. Had surgery on, his, on a broken finger. Now, he is expected to be back for week one, and I do believe uh, Lawrence will need him to be back because he is a great player, but another injury-prone guy, and he's in a contract year, so he needs to stay on the field and so so he can get paid next year because whether it be the, the Jags or, or another team, he, he will want to be out there as much as possible. This is another guy that's on my fantasy team, and I definitely <laughs> need him to get his shit together, get back with this broken finger and be a fucking superstar for Trevor Lawrence. And hopefully he, uh, he puts that extra ounce of effort in because it is his contract year. And I want to repeat again, boys. I want to repeat the championship. So I need him to fucking kick ass. Look at you winning this fantasy football. So we've been discussing about Xavier Howard. He uh, finally gets restructured by the dolphins. And uh, it's a pretty weird restructure because he doesn't get added years. He just gets more money, pretty much. I've never heard of this before. So this is a guy that signed, I believe he signed in 2019 offseason or whatever, and he was hurt from for the 2019 season, and then 2020 came around, he just dominated with like 10 interceptions, and he wasn't even the most paid cornerback uh, on the league, on, the, on his team. So – Getting this is a shocker for me because I thought the Dolphins had all the power. He wasn't showing up to training camp, which makes sense because he won a new contract, but he had just signed one. So we're just going to go over quickly what he got in his uh, rework contract. So his new contract, he'll get $100 million in Pro Bowl incentives, which I can see him easily making. $2.5 million in additional incentives added to his 2021 year. I guess they just threw that in for him, which was pretty nice for them. And then they decided to rescind all his fines, which was almost up to $100,000. And that's what happens when players that are very, very talented and they want them to come out again. And he had pretty much a career year. So they just X out the fines. I believe Deshaun Watson still, that's the reason why he's around, even though he has needs to be traded is is that will find him, but usually no one gets fined in the NFL for missing training camp over contract disputes. So Howard will make upwards of uh, 16.228 million or 29 million in 2019, which would make him the league's highest paid CB, which I was shocked about because I know Ramsey signed a big deal, but I forgot they got restructured. And uh, some more contract details for it. So he gets 500000 in per-game roster bonuses and $100,000 in workout bonuses moved to his base salary. His All of his uh, 2022 is guaranteed at $13 million if he's injured or not, which is pretty nice, especially for him since, like I said, he was injured in 2019. And Howard also was will receive assurances from the club that they will renegotiate his deal again in February or March. That's good for him, I guess. I know, which is crazy. Like, I'm all for players getting paid, but, like, this guy, dominant year, and the year before that, he was injured for most of it. 
and then he's asking for more money. So it bugs me. Well, see what you're saying. This guy gets a hundred thousand dollars to go into a fucking weight room. It's it's part of his. Uh, it's a signing bonus. If I don't go lift weights today, I don't get no money. Yep, that's right, Kevin. Pretty much. <laughs> Better get out to the weight room, bud. For a, oh my god! For a hundred G's, yeah. man, I'll be in the weight room all fucking night. <laughs> Just got a raise. It's all was yeah. a raise without his contract being extended, which is weird. But and the only reason, like, I think he's being a bit of a whiny baby about this is because the next guy, Nick Chubb, who I think is is just a super dedicated worker, and he signed for honestly pennies on the dollar. I thought he could have gotten more money, so he signs for thirty six point six million, and twenty million of that is guaranteed. Now that's not even close to Zeke or uh, CMC money, and I think he, besides maybe Henry, he's probably the pure best rusher in the league. Yep. But Henry also has a bunch more weight on him and he can just fucking throw people around too. So well Nick Chubb's for sure a, a great back. And you know, this like you said, Jess, this seems like it's a real deal for the Browns. And maybe he took the kind of that not necessarily cut, but took a little less so that maybe they can continue to uh, to to build around uh that young core. Well and I'm always a especially after the girly deal, I'm not a big fan of signing uh running backs to a second deal. Mm-hmm. I think he can do it, but it's still he was injured a bit last year too, so there, there's that issue. And maybe that's where they had that wiggle room to get him for on a cheaper deal. Whereas I would have thought that he could have easily gotten up to the Zeke money because like Zeke fell, he's lost a burst. And I think I, I, I think Chubb will as well. But he he also hasn't has as many touches as Zeke mm-hmm. or CMC. But I think as a pure rusher, I think he might be the best. You Pound for pound, maybe the only other person that's close to him when he's healthy is uh, Barkley. Is I think pound for pound. Yeah, when he's healthy. Yeah, <laughs> and then my boy Stafford, this idiot, threw a pass and it hit his surgically repaired thumb on a helmet. Now thank God the X-rays came back and showing no break. But uh, I read something elsewhere from McVeigh saying that uh, there's no chance that Stafford would play in any preseason games, which is the exact same thing that. Uh, McVeigh has introduced the NFL is he hasn't played his starters. He'll play starting positions that are, have a lot of competition or that aren't guaranteed, but he like, he's not going to let a superstar quarterback take snaps in a preseason game where he could get injured. I don't see why any of them would. Wouldn't you just sit there, put your two backups in there to see which one's the best. So you know who he's going to be your backup. I wouldn't play a starter in preseason. Forget it. I a hundred percent agree on this. And, and just because I've been watching the Rams, like before the, before when I wasn't watching the, or while well, I was always watching them, but before when the Rams started this McVay, I probably would have, if I, if I was like Josh, I might've not have done this, but it's working. And like, yeah, this year they lost acres. They've had Stafford hurt his hand in practice, but why bother getting your, the guys that you know are going to be playing in every game in the season out there getting hurt attempted to get hurt by a backup pretty much yeah. so i i, I agree 100 percent on that i don't mind the starters in like the fourth game just to give them you know a, a run through of everything but you know you always run that risk of injuring those guys and i mean 
it really you you run the same risk the next week right and the week after that and the week after that so you're obviously if he gets injured in a regular season game it's not as painful as if he gets injured in a preseason but if it's game one and he's done for 10 weeks that really fucking kills you no matter what so like there is a point to say football shape and usually the dress rehearsal game is is the third preseason game no there's only three this year well three weeks at least the the hall of fame game so the dallas and pittsburgh will have four preseason games but the the third week usually is the dress rehearsal so even if someone does get kind of like a soft tissue they can got two weeks to get ready for the season start up and heal but no i'm i'm fine with it man like i get the whole game shape thing being football ready or in football shape is what they call it is be able to take hits but i personally think that i I don't want my starters in there at all because that's what practice is all about unless they're fighting for uh, a position that is no guaranteed no starters anyways just like i said this the hall of fame game between dallas and pittsburgh nothing special our boy canadian chase claypool had a big game and pittsburgh won 16-3 against dallas so I'm always happy when Dallas loses. Yeah. Didn't they pull um, K-Pool out for a bit because of a possible injury? Who? Uh, Canadian Bacon guy. I don't know. I heard that he had a bit of a hit and uh, he said he was a bit injured but wasn't a big concern. Well, there you go. That's why you don't put starters in the preseason. There you go, <laughs> yeah. For sure. And you're talking Mapletron, right? That's what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah, yeah. Mapletron. Yeah, yeah. Canadian Maple Bacon. Mapletron, yeah. So, speaking of... Uh, Shitty football games. How's the CFL? <laughs> well, yeah, we'll get into that crappy football league because it did start on uh, the 5th of August. Uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers were playing the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Winnipeg does go on to win 19 to 6. And then we had the BC and uh, Saskatchewan, which had all those injuries with the Achilles uh, stuff going on. And they actually do win 33 to 29. We had the Argos play on the Calgary. Toronto does win by three. Who knows if it was two missed field goals because, you know, they actually could have hit a field goal. I don't know. Because if you miss a field goal and it goes beyond the – you get a point. A rouge. And then Ottawa pulling off to play uh, Edmonton. Ottawa does win 16-12. to 12. No big uh, deal with the uh, crappy football league. That It's probably the only football that's going on right now that – Oh, man. NFL preseason starts. Care about the CFL just as much as I care about preseason NFL. <laughs> there we go, right? Uh, but the fun stuff I love is the UFC, as we all know. Uh, we have this um, Sarel game put together an impressive uh, performance against Derek Lewis to claim the intern heavyweight title. He deserved it. He's a big boy and do a lot of damage. Why is it an interim heavyweight title? I think that um, the actual heavyweight is actually injured. Oh, okay. So that way they have to have someone to hold the belt while he gets back and healthy. Fair enough. But there's also people that just decide they don't want to fight. And that's yeah. when they, and the, they just, and then, then they give up yeah. their belt. And then they have no choice but to have two people fight for it until Buddy feels that he's good enough to come back or whatever. And then we had this uh, Miles Jones knocked out um, Anderson Dust uh, Santos with an incredible combination to the th- in the third round of their Bantamweight belt in the earlier prelims of the UFC to, um, 265. Manel Cape. Cap. Picked up his, yep, Cap Cape. <laughs> picked up his first UFC win in a highlight reel 
uh, fashion stop against uh, Mr. O. Osborne with a flying knee in the first round of their fight. Unreal. This guy's going to be, uh, you know, the next up and coming. Did he knock his ass out with a flying knee? Knocked his ass right out. Done, done. Night, night. That'd be a good one to see. It's always fun to watch those guys do right off the beginning a flying knee to the face. For sure. I'm going to have to YouTube that one. (laughs) Lots of fun. So with that said, who do we have in our boxes here, guys? I guess I'll go off with Jesse. Might as well start with you, bro. Uh, I got Brock Holt in my penalty box. For throwing a 31.1 mile per hour pitch. Yo, this is awesome, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it's hilarious. So this is the slowest uh, recorded pitch called for a strike in pitch tracking era. And what this pitch is actually called, it actually has a name. It's called an uh, emphasis pitch. And it's literally, he lobs it in there and it catches... Like it's almost like slow pitch watching this. It's it's a hundred percent slow. Pitch. It's overhand slow it's pitch. It's freaking hilarious. So he had a one, two, three, uh, eight inning against the A's, and <laughs> they're obviously getting dominated. That's why he, he's he's a utility guy, right? He 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 doesn't pitch. He's a uh, he yeah. plays the infield and everywhere else in between. But <laughs> he uh, he threw it again. Uh, against I can't remember the other A's guy, but the guy actually hit it into the gap, but got thrown out at sec trying to take a double because the, the the guy was able to track it down real quick because the ball could you couldn't hit the ball very hard. Yeah, it was uh, Matt Matt Chapman. Chapman. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got thrown out at second from the uh, outfield assist there. So yeah, it was it was hilarious. Now this guy can pitch. You can he can his fastball is up in around the eighty seven mark. So it's not like he can't, but I believe this year was already replaced. I can't remember the guy's name. Will, William Astrudillo? Astrudel? I don't know his name. But he threw like a 41-mile-hour 40, pitch or something like that. Oh, you're talking about uh, his nickname is Tortuga. Okay. Um, yeah, it's uh, Willens Estrudo. Estrudo or, yeah. or Dillo. Uh, but I said it about as good yeah. as you did. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just can't remember his name. Was, uh, yeah, he had the same same idea where he he uh, he lobbed it in man. there for a called strike. <laughs> I think, man. I think three of us out of the three of us right here, even with a minus Pedro, we could throw a ball fucking hell of a lot faster than that down the plate. Oh, I don't know if I could, man. I have a horrible arm. Horrible. I mean, maybe with a baseball. But even even if you're not on the plate or not, you can still throw a ball faster than fucking thirty some odd miles an hour. Right, but he's not. He was trying. Like it was a lob ball. Like it was a hundred percent a slow pitch. He just oh, threw for it sure. Okay, that's all it was. Like he wasn't. He threw a couple. So in the, in the third uh, at bat in that inning, he went down uh, three balls, no strikes, and then he started throwing real pitches. And he fought back and and uh, evened up the count or or made it a full count. And then I think Buddy ended up grounding out or something, or he flew out or something in the the last pitch. So he can throw, like Jess said, some pitches, but these were 100% slow pitches, like slow slow pitch pitches overhand. They were fucking awesome. I was loving it. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, speaking of the miles per hour, I can't uh, can't remember the amount of years ago, but it wasn't, it was recently. I was at uh, Oktoberfest and they had uh, a pitch, a radar outside. And after a few beers, I tried it. 
nice cold arm. I think the highest I got was 68. See? But I have hit when I was younger, much younger in, in like uh, high school, I hit 74. Of course. Without booze. Yeah, and I was in shape. <laughs> so, Josh, who's in your penalty box? All right, so I'm sticking with baseball. I got the St. Louis Cardinals, Cardinals pitching. Uh, they played a game against the Braves. They were heading into the eighth inning. The cards were up 4-2. Giovanni Galogos surrenders a two-run, two-out home run to Austin Riley, which ties the ball game, and then gives up a double to Dansby Swanson. Alex Reyes comes into the game. He hits the first batter that he faces and then continues to walk the next four straight batters. Reyes left the game losing 7-4, obviously walking in all those runs. Justin Miller comes in, walks in another run, making it 8-4. And again, this is in the eighth inning, and uh, they ended up finishing it on the Braves 1-8-4. So after being down two runs... Braves come back all because of shitty pitching and they end up pulling out a W eight, four. So the St. Louis Cardinals and their pitching is they're definitely in my box. Reliever pitchers. Yeah. Really. That was just crazy, man. I, when I saw this, I'm like, there's no fucking way that they walked four consecutive guys. Plus the hits batsman. Not even just four consecutive guys is Alex Reyes. Who's been a pretty good closer this year. Yeah, exactly. And they just, they had nothing, man. It was funny. Yeah, Gallegos is uh, – he's on my fantasy team too, so that hurt me a bunch. But <laughs> he did get a save yesterday because Reyes sucked. He just... <laughs> so he might be back. And uh, Gallegos is is one of those guys that gets hot and cold. He's a, a great setup guy, but once he gives up a run, it's usually a few. But otherwise, he doesn't give up any. Yeah, these the Cardinals pitching, the relief pitching has got to be better. You can't you can't be walking those guys and lose a game based on walks and uh, hitting hits batsmen. That's crazy uh, in the pros that, that we're seeing this. It's one thing in a you know a slow pitch league or a little league to see that you know so many guys being walked, but uh, to, to see in the pros, it's just wild. So the Cards pitching, relief pitching is in my box this week. They got to get their shit together. Kev, who's in your box? Well. Thanks, Pedro, for this one, bud. I'm going to sit there and take your uh, showtime. We try to get picked off about five times, you know, and then just shows that pitcher up on the next pitch and then takes off and steals second base just for fun. It was awesome. Jermaine Marquez, another guy in my fantasy team. (laughs) This might as well just be a fantasy podcast at this point. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it will. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it was – Unimpressive, but good thing uh, steals, steals don't go against my boy. And uh, he's usually pretty, a lot better, but uh, I, I hate when uh, pitchers do this. It, it bugs the crap out of me. Right. Like, typically, if he's not going after the first two times, he's probably not going to go. Except you know, this Unless time. you get to a hit-and-run situation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Except for this time, but... Yeah, and it's Otani. Otani was probably like, "Fuck you," you know. Yep, exactly. That's the way I saw. I mean, it's just Otani's like going, "All right, man, if you're going to sit there and try this five times in a row or whatever, five times in general, I'm just going to do it despite you." And that's what it looked like, man. And good for you, Showtime. All right, so that's pretty much going to do it for the show today. We're going to get into our points and penalties scores. 
So as we had mentioned before, we had a big washer toss tournament on our camping trip. We dragged all of our significant others in on the fun. So we added them in and we, we assigned point values to each uh, finishing position. We were massively overweighted on this. <laughs> <laughs> this, this washer toss tournament, uh, it uh, definitely shook up the... Made it interesting. Here. Yeah, it made it interesting. So in a kind of an odd turn of events, we had... So let me let me start off. So Jesse, Kevin, myself, Pedro, and we had our uh, frequent guest host to line uh, out camping, as well as again significant others and uh, and a friend. And so we joined up teams type thing, but we played in singles. So uh, you know Jesse and Jesse's significant other, their points will go together, and uh, and then will be added to Jesse's season totals, and so on and so forth. The last three players, the last three places went to myself, dead last, <laughs> the line, second dead last, and Peter, third dead last. Pretty fucking horrible, if you ask me. We definitely should have done better. All of our significant others and friend beat us. On the top end, these other two goofs that I'm on the show here today with, Jesse and Kevin, <laughs> came in one, one, two. So when it came down to it, Jesse, number one, Kevin, number two. My significant other, number three. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you so much. Love you. <laughs> Jesse's significant other came in fourth. The Lions teammate, his friend, came in fifth. Kevin's significant other came in sixth. Peter's significant other in seventh. Again, Peter eight, DeLine nine, and I finished out in 10. So winners got plus four. So Jesse <laughs> added a plus four, but his significant other, Added a plus one, so that puts Jesse at a plus five for the washer toss. Game changer. Game changer. Game changer. If only we had some MVP. <laughs> Kevin came in second place, plus three, and his significant other ended up with a an even zero, so Kev ended up with a plus three on the washer toss. Like I said, myself, I had a minus four. My significant other had a plus two, put me at a minus two. DeLine had a minus three and his teammate had a zero. So that kept him at a minus three and Pedro had a minus two and his significant other had a minus one, putting him at minus three. Now we all shit the bed here on this episode. <laughs> and so we didn't have a challenge. So we, the three of us get another negative one, which really that, sucks because that was bad. Yeah, it was bad. And we had a, uh, you know, we had a, a game changer here because of that washer toss. And we just kind of gave Peter a fucking point today for no reason. Essentially. 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 We felt bad. We, we felt bad how badly he did in that tournament. <laughs> well, fuck, you should feel bad for me. <laughs> <laughs> you had your significant other. <laughs> yeah. She kept, played way better than you did. She definitely kicked ass. No question about it. So. Pedro had a plus 10, then the washer toss at a minus three. He ends up at a plus seven, and he is now in second place overall. Jess, because of your game-changing washer, washer toss uh, tournament, you are you were plus five. You added a plus five, but today with your minus one, so that means that you are at a minus – or sorry, at a plus nine. Plus nine. Plus nine with the lead. Jesse, number one. 
We had myself was next. So I had a zero before this week. The washer toss is a minus two. And then the uh, no challenge makes me with a minus three. Kev, you had a minus 12. You did great on the washer toss and then lost again another point today. So that puts you at a minus 10. Uh, DeLine, he had a minus four and then added a minus three, which put him at a minus seven. And Graham, who was not part of the uh, washer toss tournament or today's episode, still ends up at minus two. So we have a new leader, which is about fucking time. I'm sick and tired of seeing Peter up there. So I'm, I was rooting for Jesse a little bit there. Although not anymore. Now I need you to fucking lose. <laughs> yeah, that, that washer toss was game changing. For sure it was. Lots of fun. It was fun, but we probably weighted it a little too heavy <laughs> on the washer toss win. I wasn't even involved in that. I mean, I was off to the side. You guys, you guys planned all that. For sure. We should have had a few more zeros in there and, uh, and maybe only do a plus two for the winner. But uh, hey, it is what it is. And we got a new leader. I mean, Jesse may have won the tournament, but we all know who is the washer toss king. Hey, you, I mean, you played well. It says well. Jesse. It does say Jesse. <laughs> and you played well after losing your second match to Jesse. You won against me, Kev. Then you lost to Jesse, put you in the loser's bracket. And then you beat Jesse once. Yeah. And then you lost to him again. Yeah, Kev, I just gave you a win in that final because I felt bad. Right. <laughs> I, I had it in my grasp. And then I just decided, I was like, Let's make this interesting. You want to prolong the fucking tournament just a little more, right? Yeah. All right, Kev, tell me how your dirty old bush was. <laughs> Decent. Good bush. I like it. it. Kept you hydrated. Yep, kept me hydrated. A little <laughs> bit of buzz. I mean, that's why I can go through about seven or eight of them with this episode. No problem. I like it. Always will. Jess, how was your drink? My wicked awesome IPA. The winning... Alcohol percentage this week, finally, <laughs> from Nickelbrook was very tasty. It is one of my favorites. It's just Nickelbrook, just in general, puts out everything I like. So I will pretty much drink any of the, one of their beers. And this uh, New England style beer is very tasty. So, Yosh, how was yours? Not 6.5 beer. Uh, my 6.3 strong beer right, <laughs> right here out of Kitchener Stockyards Brewing Iron Horse Trail India Pale Ale was quite tasty, quite hoppy, really enjoyed it. Uh, and I love that it's right out of Kitchener here. And this is uh, the Iron Horse Trail is actually the, an old school route that connected Kitchener and Waterloo together. And it's, uh, it's quite a big historical uh, portion of, of Kitchener Waterloo. So when I saw this in the, uh, the old Lickbo, I thought this is great. I got to get this one and uh, I'm repping my home. No, I guess it's not my hometown, but you know, the, the town I live in now. <laughs> you're, you're glad you're out of Cambridge. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell anybody I'm from Cambridge. <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed it. It's uh, it's good. And uh, you know, I, thanks to, uh, to the listeners for, for coming back after being, being out for, for a week, we had a lot of fun camping and uh if we're still around, you guys are still listening next year. We're probably going to be missing a show again for uh, Civic Weekend because that's our thing. We go camping. And, uh, hey, if any friends from Points of Penalties want to come out, let us know. We'll get some extra sights. The more the merrier. We'll have an even bigger washer toss uh, tournament. That'd be awesome without the ladies this time. Well, unless they want to play. I hope I hope my uh, – well, I was going to say Josh needs ladies. Yeah. <laughs> 
She can play all she wants. Hell, she can play for me. I'll just sit and drink. <laughs> but we have the cam jam we can play, so. We do have the can jam. We can play at night. We got to glow in the dark can jam or regular old can jam during the day. So we, there's lots of tournaments we can play. Maybe even we'll bust out the old school fucking lawn darts that'll oh. maybe stab our dogs as we throw them. But Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or even bocce. Jess, you got a nice bocce set, right? Yeah, we can play some bocce. That'd be fun. Bocce. We should do like a, a fucking decathlon of fucking drinking games and, and camping games. And sports. That would yeah. be fucking fun. That would be It will all involve you have to have like a beer in your hand or something Con- like that. Of course, of course you have to have a beer in your hand. Camping, of course bud. You do. You're camping. Yeah. Fuck, you can't make you can't make breakfast without a beer. You can't start drinking in the morning. Or you can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning, right? Right. We'll start each match with different beers. Caesars, whatever. We'll we'll see, we'll see which we'll see which one like carries you to the final or, or makes you collapse <laughs> we can just call that a puke and rally there you go been there done that Yeehaw. <laughs> all right so for everyone here at points of penalties we want to thank you all for listening please subscribe wherever you get your pods give us a like and follow on facebook twitter and instagram at points penalties and until next week stay, stay out, out of the, the penalty, penalty box, box.